You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma, down for a repeat episode. Uh, I think this is the second time I've had someone on that's been on in the past, but not like, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Anyway, uh, full founder team here today, not just Erica. We had Erica on last year, uh, have Chris on now as well. Yes, sir. Um, I don't Happy know, to be here. Thank you. I don't know how or why you was missed it last time. I don't believe I was invited. I'm just kidding. Well, tell probably. Me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um, think you were out of town. I think, been, yeah. yeah. I because yeah, it's always both. If, yeah. Had I been here, I would have been in there. I know. That's right. Yeah, sure. definitely. Um, how did I think we might have covered this on a previous one? If if we have, then don't go back and listen to it. But if you have already <laughs> listened to it, then anyway, how did you guys meet? Did we cover that last time? I, I think we covered it briefly, yeah, briefly, because we yeah. kind of went through my background. So we have your story of it. We don't have Chris's story oh, of it. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, I'll let Chris answer that. <laughs> see, see how he answers it. In it's like, the deep it's like end. the dating game. Let's see if you match. Um, Go for it. Oh, man. Well, so funny story. Um, there's actually a couple of versions of this. I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Not that, I mean, lots of people are going to be listening. When we met, the way we met yeah. was, this was a while back now, it was kind of a little bit taboo, I think, to meet this way. And now it's very common, so it's not that big deal. But We met online. We met online, and uh, it was probably the coolest thing ever. But yeah. um, that was that was. 14, 15 years ago. So it was a little bit, it was like, oh man, that sounds kind of shady. But no, it was it was actually the best way to do it when we were both hardworking professionals and didn't have time to to mess around any other way. So, But yeah. it was, you know, back yeah. then it was kind of like, what, you meant online? And, and we didn't even do like one of the paid versions. <laughs> it was like Yahoo Love or something. Yeah, it was really like the bad. freebie. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I did it because my mom, my mom just thought I would never get married. And so she like, you know, put and she thought that I was too demanding or whatever, and so she said, "You need to just try one of those online dating, uh, whatever." Uh, and w- we both started looking around profiles, yeah. and I came across Chris. And I, of course, I always thought that all of the profiles were fake. You know, oh, like yeah. the pictures were not really the person. And so we started talking online, but, but there are multiple versions because, again, back then it wasn't as popular. So when people would ask us, "How did you meet?" I didn't care as much, but I, I think, think you I think had my, a harder time. I think my mom still thinks we met at, at the, the ballpark. ballpark or something. So, sorry, mom, we, we met online. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at the time when you guys met, you know, Erica, you were obviously super busy running, you know, all these big companies and crushing it, which is probably why your mom didn't think that you were going to get married because you were so business minded <laughs> and just, you know, running away with it. Chris, what were you up to at this time? <clears throat> so... At that time, I had just left the Oklahoma State Senate. I was I was working for the state. I was working for the uh, majority floor leader at the time, and just I guess I got burned out a little bit on politics. It, it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. So I took I had an opportunity to work uh, at the Oklahoma for the Oklahoma Redhawks at the ballpark, and I just kind of jumped at it. I played played a little bit of baseball growing up, and just the idea of going to the ballpark every day sounded sounded really cool. So. That's actually what I was doing when Eric and I met. So telling my mom that I met her at the ballpark wasn't that big of a stretch, but it wasn't the truth. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was doing. And, and then when, when Eric and I started kind of to get serious, I realized that 
12 hour days at the ballpark was not going to be conducive to a healthy relationship. And so I kind of went to the corporate route at that point, worked for Dell as a senior analyst project manager. And I'm, as it turns out, and I knew this going in, I'm not a corporate cubicle type of guy. And so that, that really didn't last long for me. I, I felt really kind of stifled and, you know, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur by heart and it's in my DNA. So I really want, I knew I wanted to do my own thing and, you know, through Erica's encouragement, that's about the time, about three years after I went to Dell, we, we launched a couple of our own companies and I started to do that full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you come all the way now to what we have today yeah. is, you know, Stitch Crew and all these amazing businesses that you've created the opportunity to give them a chance, right? That's <clears throat> yeah. in the small sense of it. So I wish, into, I wish we could take credit for how brilliant some of these founders are. Um, we don't come up with the ideas, so we just right. help them. So they come up with the ideas, um, you know, they're, they're trying to solve a problem either for themselves or a population that they really care about. And then they come to us with this idea or this business, um, cause we take them at different stages. Um, and we just help them basically make connections with either investors or first time early adopters that are first time buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, or help them with their prototype, whatever stage there are, we're just trying to help them um, launch more companies, more yeah. tech companies in the middle of the country. Yeah, and when we did that that interview about a year ago, it was just after batch one, and you know we're taking applications for batch two, and now you've just said goodbye to batch three, right? And you're taking applications to batch four. Yeah. How has it been, like 12 months on? Is there anything that's changed? Oh my gosh, so much, so much, just because you learn, you know, we're a startup helping other startups. So we, we've learned, um, how to improve hopefully the program, uh, by gathering, uh, feedback directly from the founders that have gone through the program. We always do a survey upon coming in and then one as they leave the program and we ask, you know, what can we be doing better? What was helpful? What was not? What can we add? Um, And so we're always learning, um, you know, what to improve with programming. And then we're always learning how to better recruit mentors and investors even that align a little bit more with what we're trying to do. Um, So I guess that just being more purposeful. Yeah, I think letting, uh, I think the really, the magic happens when when the peers start to really uh, work with each other in the cohort. So... I think one of the big differences between the first one and, and then the third, the third that we just closed was it's less uh, Stitch Crew really kind of, not, not heavy handed is not the right way, but not, we're not really, really trying to kind of mandate how the 12 weeks is going to go and really more facilitating and letting the, the, the companies and the cohort really kind of, kind of move, the, move the needle to you know, how, what they need the most from us and us not being so rigid and strict on it. And so I think that's, that's been an improvement from, from batch one to batch three. And I think that'll continue to evolve as we go. For sure. Yeah. The alum, obviously one of our goals was to, it's not like you go through a program and then 12 weeks after you graduate, you're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, our goal was to create a group of alumni that would pay it forward to other entrepreneurs that mm-hmm. would come in later. And so I think that's been really rewarding to see how, as the cohorts mature and they start building uh, stable businesses. They're now coming in as mentors. Um, batch three is actually planning a retreat for all the founders of all three cohorts. Um, 
So I, I think that's pretty neat to see. That's that's a big change, obviously, from where we started, where we, we started with nothing and we yeah. just started building it um, as we went. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uncommon in, in accelerators, but I think it's an Oklahoma thing for sure that the alumni has really stayed engaged and they're and they're really trying to kind of pay it forward for the for the future batches. I, I, I think that's cool. We we didn't have to ask them to do that. They they just kind of took that on on their own, kind of mm -hmm. organically. So I don't know. I think that speaks volumes to 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 the type of companies we have here, um, the mentality and the fact that they recognize, hey. I need to support, I mean, I know I'm, I'm a, maybe a struggling early stage company, but I know the people behind me are struggling as well. So yeah, my bandwidth is pretty full, but I need to help them as well. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. So like, and, and you know, we, I'm, we have a mutual friend, Todd Vinson, who comes back, I know mm -hmm. has come back and spoken as well. And seems to, I know that he uses flight and you know, the guys there and I'm, they all came from this place too, right? It's mm -hmm. like kind of, it just seems that everyone uses the people around them and yeah I, I think you're right you know with the, the Oklahoma thing that's that's spot on in there this it's is Oklahoma <laughs> correct yeah it's just uh, and I mentioned the other day I mentioned um you know the phrase the Oklahoma standard to somebody and they had no idea what I was talking about I'm like you don't really like I thought that was kind of was, just was normal. that person <laughs> from Oklahoma yeah oh, born, wow. yeah yeah, yeah. and there's a friend I was in university with and I'm like we were you know talking about like random podcast stuff and I'm just, he's like yeah it's just the Oklahoma standard mm -hmm. it's like what is that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me take some time and tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening, you don't know what that is, please DM me and I will spend the rest of my day <laughs> changing your mind. Um, but yeah, like it's really cool to see, you know, progress in, in the year that to kind of I just had eyes on. Um, you know, and I popped in every now and then to drop off some stickers and see, say hello to people and everyone's buzzing around here. Like no one's ever sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they might be a little frustrated because they're working, but like everyone seems really happy. Um, what like is like, has there been any companies, oh, naturally there's going to be companies that don't succeed. What has been some of the ones that they just like have just blown you out of the water and it really surprised you guys with how well they've done? <clears throat> um, I don't know if surprise is the right word because I, we, we believed really heavily in the founder uh, from day one, but mm -hmm. I think AgBoost was from our first cohort, so right after you you came forth, um, he um, the easiest way to describe his company is to just call it the Twenty Three and Me, but for cattle. <laughs> so uh, Sean uh, was an immigrant from um, uh, Nigeria. Nigeria, and he came to Oklahoma. Uh, and long story short, graduated, uh, started working for a large corporation, and then he started his own company. Um, and when he came to us, he had actually been operating for a couple of years, but he was hitting a lot of walls and people just telling him um, that perhaps because of the color of his skin or his heavy accent or the fact that he didn't wear Wranglers and cowboy boots. This is a true story. Uh, he would never be able to tap into the ag industry, and we and we had been exposed to Sean's um, hustle and grind, mm -hmm. and so we uh, we knew that he had it in him. He just needed some doors to open, and so he's he's doing extremely well. He has uh, customers in five different countries. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many U.S. states. Wow. Uh, he just closed his latest um, round of, of, of capital, and um, he's doing great things. He's also working with rural communities to launch like a, a, a ag tech 
curriculum um, in remote areas of, of Oklahoma. He started with Oklahoma, but he's already talking to Nebraska and other yeah. states, so that's pretty cool. That's really It's like yeah. once you get one, you're in, don't you? Yeah, and I mean, AgBoost is, is, is awesome. It's hard to answer that question, though, because... It's like talking about your kids. You know? Know, so we, we've worked them, with almost yeah. 30 yeah. companies. It's like, man. Even I the ones that fail, yeah. I think, yeah. have such a great message behind what they were trying to build. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. When you know one day that they're going to start something that, that does exactly. work, right? It's not, exactly. You know, I have a million ideas. My wife, who doesn't listen to the podcast, thankfully, <laughs> uh, <laughs> says, you know, I mean, one of your ideas will work one day. That's like, right. I'm glad That's you said right. that because there's so many. That's exactly um, right. But yeah, like, you know, you're, you're saying that every it's hard to choose one yeah but yeah and, and and you know i don't know if we'll be able to say this a year from now or a couple years from now because we will have worked with somebody but still at this point all 30 are pretty fresh on our mind and we and we i think we all have communicated enough to where we all we know where they all are right now and in, in the stages of their companies mm-hmm. and some of them uh, a few of them aren't even still working on that coming they went through the batch and that's okay yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel right now we're still small enough and tight knit enough to where I could tell you probably what any of those companies are doing right now. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's hard. You're right. Yeah. Nodecraft yeah. is doing great. Brightbase is doing great. They name, pivoted. Blinksync. Yeah. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. something yeah. We just, bottom. we really, what, what we try to do is we invest in the founders. So the people of the companies and, right. and, um, I think that when you have that mindset, um, it's really hard to just look at the performance of the company because it actually depends on who you're talking to, right? right. So if investors are listening to the po- this podcast, they would want us to talk mm-hmm. about certain metrics, financial metrics. If we were talking to, or if operators were listening and asking us the same questions, mm-hmm. they would want to know how, how much have their tra- teams grown and operation-related stuff or questions. So I guess it's, it's just relative. Yeah. yeah. And when we spoke a year ago, it was strictly tech-based businesses. Is that kind of still strictly tech-based, or have you kind of just spread out a tiny bit from that? It is. Um, it's still tech, but, you know, we, Chris and I, the way we see it is uh, in today's economy, everybody's a tech business, right? So you have to have some sort of e-commerce presence or um, you're using uh, some sort of uh, SaaS platforms, uh, hopefully, to get your product out. And if not, we try to work with companies that can kind of Mm -hmm. scale by leveraging uh, technologies and platforms. Yeah, you asked earlier what's kind of changed from batch one to batch, we're getting ready to have batch four. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we have broadened our, our scope a little bit of, when we first came in, we, we really were, hey, what's a high growth potential early stage company? And let's just be honest, there, there's not just you know a, a, a plethora of those in Oklahoma yeah. right now to choose yeah. from and to apply. And so, although there are a lot of great companies here, so I think it, it benefits us to to kind of broaden that out a little bit. And because there's there's some really great potential companies here who may not fit that very niche oh, high growth potential company, but could be a very successful multi-million dollar a year in revenue company. Right. And, you know, why, why should we not look at those companies yeah. if, if there's mm-hmm. potential there? So I, I think it, it's to our benefit to do that. And, and that broadens our, our reach a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one the reason I asked that, the one that came to my mind was Ryan and Ashley at Rideau Casey. Yeah. Um, Cause like, 
I mean, it's riding a bike around town, you right. know, which is awesome, and they do a great job of it. And, right. Like, that was the one that stood out to me when I saw this batch this year. I was like, oh, that's so good. I'm glad they got it because they're great people. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, they're doing great things. No, you're right. So, and, and one of the things that we challenge um, Ryan and Ashley was, uh, and I guess ourselves too, is not just think of technology as a software as a service, but really if it's innovating a business model, if it's innovating, if it's just innovative mm-hmm. as a whole, I think we give it a, a really hard look. And I think Ashley and Ryan with, it, it's not just a bike tour, but they involve, you know, architecture and, and the storytelling and, and they are, um, toying with the idea of providing a platform that will connect, um, similar, um, bike bike riders yeah. i don't know what yeah. you call them uh, yeah. uh globally so i think there is that tech component of it but it was more just the innovative way of looking at tourism right yeah. you don't have to build the next big attraction you can use what you already have and tell a story throughout yeah tours so yeah that's so cool i'm excited to see what they do i love those great people um so it's 12 weeks do you want to dive into what you do on every week or do you want to keep that to yourselves Oh yeah, no, we, we're very transparent. We <laughs> okay. we love. Um, so, plus, we're we're recruiting for for our next batch. So if this launches before then, it we'll will. use it Which as a. The deadline is. I have it written down somewhere. Is it July July nineteenth at midnight? 19th. Yeah. yeah. So um so the twelve weeks we go um anywhere from startup mechanics like how to literally establish or incorporate your company, all the way to fundraising. Okay. So every week we meet once a week. Um, for about three hours Mm -hmm. and we bring a subject matter expert. It could be a founder, an investor, Mm -hmm. or somebody that can just talk about the certain topic we're covering each week. Um, And then also during the week, we set up certain goals, right? So you come in and you tell us what stage you're in and what you hope to accomplish in the next 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of as a way for us to keep you accountable and that, okay, we said we were going to do these three things in the next 12 weeks. So what have you done week one? What have you done week two? And then we tried to follow the typical seven courses of building a business, right? right. Marketing, business development, uh, building a sales funnel and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Exciting times then. Yeah. Yeah. Have you kicked anyone out? So we've had two companies self-eliminate. Yeah. So yeah. we haven't, we haven't kicked anybody out yet, yeah. but, oh. but companies that were chosen once they read through our, our founders agreement decided that maybe the timing wasn't right for right. them. It was going to be a little more uh, required uh, time from them to do it, to do it the way we needed them to do it. So, yeah. so self-elimination has happened a couple of times, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if that time came in and there was a company that was being disruptive or, or wasn't really, t- uh, going in full, full force and, and trying to mm-hmm. do make, make these 12 weeks really uh, count. Then we then we may have to do that one of these times, but we haven't had to do that yet. Hopefully, we won't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we make it very clear um, for the for the people that we do speak with before they apply that um, we want to work with people that are hungry and that are willing to put in the grit and the hustle. Um, because we're not miracle workers. So if you're thinking of applying to the accelerator because we're going to solve all your problems, yeah. I hate to tell you that we're not. And uh, then sell a company for a. Exactly. Exactly. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) We're here to help and to enable people, but um, we can't do the work for the founders. And so I think that for the most part, most of the people, even the application process, um, 
it's not just a simple form. I mean, we do try to dive in uh -huh. a little bit into, you know, how much money you have in the bank, what's your runway, like questions that if you're not serious about your business, you're probably yeah. not going to be able to complete that form. Yeah. So I think that from the beginning, we try to be very intentional about looking for people that uh, that have the grit and the willingness to put in the work. Yeah. And, and one little tip maybe for the application process, yeah, maybe it's more of a public service announcement. Don't wait till July 19th um, yes. at 1150 to apply. Um, yeah, because we review know. applications as they come it's in. Just easy, it's easier, and, and I don't know, I'm not saying you have a better chance, but it's, it, we have more time to really kind of dive in. And if we have questions about your application, that gives us time to reach out and, exactly. and you know, kind of try to yeah. get more information. So For sure. It is an extensive process. I'm looking at it now, and like I said, if, you, if you're not serious, you're not going to be able to complete it. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. Because um, some of the questions on here, I'm like, if I was to do this with a podcast, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And, and, <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the upside is it, there's actually value just even looking at that. Oh, 100%. Because if, if you don't know some of those things, then you probably don't know enough about your business right now. Right. So just looking at the application alone can help you kind of figure some things out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even, you know... Um, like I said, I'm just kind of scrolling down the questions and, um, you know, just diving in deep into why would this work? Does it work? And then obviously finding out by sub I'm, the video, I'm sure is for you guys just to find out who this person is and mm -hmm. like figure out are they, yeah. mm -hmm. are they a human being? Can they actually conduct, you know, <laughs> be real about it and not, yeah. not just be pulling your leg and kind of trying to get, you know, money out, out yeah. of you guys and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But... No, it's, uh, I'm sure it's really exciting, you know, to have people apply and come in and just kind of see this grow, you know, through the years and have, you know, everyone pumped and also pissed off that they don't get in, yeah. you know, because it means you created yeah. something of value if someone's just like, oh, no, I missed out. I can apply next year yeah. or next time, whatever it is. Um, is it just, are you still just going to keep it at two batches a year? Just for leave? now. For now? Yeah, for now. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we've committed to do. Um, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that people, you know, we hear all the time, oh, we should have more accelerators and, and we would love to have more yeah. accelerators in our region. But it is, it's, it's a relationship um, business. Mm -hmm. So obviously um, you see the front facing, right? The founders that apply to our program, but we also have over 80 mentors that we um, have to, you know, nurture the relationship mm -hmm. with. Um, we actually have over 100 mentors, if you count the founders that have graduated and now are coming back. We have over 400 investors in our database of investors. Now, we don't nurture the relationship with them ongoing all mm -hmm. the time, but they require our attention every now and then. Um, and then we have our sponsors, our board. So it's like, you know, yeah. there, there's no shortage of you know, wanting to meet with us or wanting uh, some mm -hmm. attention spent on, on one of those um, sections. Yeah, <laughs> you don't just work for 24 hours in the year. And then yeah, take, yeah, it's Make crazy. all this money and take yeah. the rest of the year off. So yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy, year. yeah. Yeah, making money, what you, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a true startup, right? Yeah. Without yeah. grinding exactly. and going through the ramen noodle diet and all exactly. the rest of it. Exactly, um, So the next batch is going to be in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me about the like little bit of you know tran transitioning up there and and the new partnership that you have or the new sponsor that you have in Tulsa and, and I love Tulsa. I think it's a great city. I think yeah. more people in Oklahoma City should spend time in Tulsa. And now that the gathering place is kind of getting people out there, it's yeah. you know kind of going that area. But yeah. talk to talk to us about that. 
So we love entrepreneurs regardless of where they are located. And so our goal has always been to help as many entrepreneurs as possible, regardless of their location. But we do, we are intentional about staying in the I-35 corridor or in the middle of the country because I feel like there's a lack of resources mm. in that area. Um, we're starting with Oklahoma because it's our hometown. Um, but we, we realized that um, the the local community in Tulsa wanted us to be present there, to have a physical presence there, not just take in applications from the area. So, and then we have funders like the Lubbock Taylor um, Family Foundation, which is the sponsor that you mentioned, um, that wanted us to uh, to pilot test a cohort in the community to see how um, responsive the community would be to it. And so far, it's been great. Yeah. Um, Plus, Tulsa has a, a pretty energetic and thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. and um, it's exciting. So yeah. I think for us to be able to to uh, contribute to that and be additive to that um, is something we're really looking forward to. Yeah, it's something that you know we 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 are very um, careful on not being duplicative, but rather being additive. And so when we went over there, we spoke to different stakeholders in the community like the Lovick Taylor Family Foundation, the George Kaiser Family Foundation, uh, uh, Mayor Bynum, <laughs> and others to make sure that what we, the, the Tulsa Chamber, to make sure that whether a program like ours would be needed in the community uh, and would be accepted. And I think that overwhelmingly, um, they said, yes, please bring it on and let's pilot test it here and see how it goes. So. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that goes because have you, have you had people from Tulsa on in any of the batches? Yeah. You have? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, first cohort, yep. we had somebody that would uh, commute yeah. from Tulsa every Thursday. That's good. That's good. How has like the kind of state kind of, you know, wrapped around you guys? Because and, and, it seems like you guys and you, you know, Stitchku and the, the state of Oklahoma have a really good relationship. Yeah. Um, um, tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, so I think that we, uh, you know, we have a new governor uh, and lieutenant governor that are entrepreneurs themselves, even the secretary, or the secretary of commerce and the executive director of commerce are entrepreneurs themselves. And so they understand that uh, the need to grow organically, not just through acquisition, like getting other companies to move here. Although that's important and, you know, as recovering economic developers, we understand there's always going to be that attention placed on recruiting um, companies to come here. But the same, if not more, amount of attention needs to go towards supporting local entrepreneurs so that they can grow their own companies here. I think that that's one of the Stitch Crew was born not out of, you know, Chris and I weren't thinking, oh, let's set up a nonprofit that helps <laughs> entrepreneurs uh, just because we dreamed of it. It was out of frustration because one of the things that we noticed, even though we are known as a state that, that has lured a lot of high profile entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, I think that over time we have forgotten that, that those, obviously those entrepreneurs started in somebody's garage and then they grew to be large corporation uh, like the Devons or yeah. the Continentals or um, 
uh, the Hobby Lobbies, all of those. But I think that because those companies have grown to be now large corporations, we've forgotten their entrepreneurial roots. And therefore, most of the economic development incentives and stuff are geared towards those big companies, and we've forgotten that yeah. where they started. Most of the companies, the the companies, the large companies that are headquartered here, um, we didn't recruit to come here. They started here from yeah. ground up. Yes, yeah, and I I saw that. Uh, reason I asked that is I saw that when Google was in town, and uh, I'm gonna mess up his name, uh, Sundar. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how was that meeting him and speaking to him? Oh, that was great. He's such a humble person. (laughs) I mean, really, honestly, we are not, Chris and I, if you get to know us in a personal level, we, um, we don't do egos. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we were lured by, oh my gosh, the CEO of Google. He's actually a great uh, philanthropist. He, um, we have a lot of connections with Stitch Group, even outside of the accelerator. Uh, we both serve on a, um, a coalition of uh, technology enterprises that are pushing for immigration reform. Mm-hmm. So we were able to talk about that. Um, we were able to talk, obviously, he's very vested in growing organically because even though he's a CEO of Google, he understands, hey, Google started as a startup, yeah. right? And it grew. And so he understands the value of investing in early stage companies. So it, it was great just to talk to him on a personal level about those things without. It just felt very real. I don't know, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I had a couple of people uh, text or tweet us saying, well, why, was he, why was he Oklahoma? Yeah. Why is he in Oklahoma anyway? And I think uh, it kind of made me think that's an interesting mentality for us to have as, as a state why and, not? And, and a community. As a, <laughs> right. Why not? And yeah. I think we're getting better about, about this. Um, but I think at the beginning when we first started uh, the accelerator, there's a lot of energy and activity around, oh, let's go explore these other these other tech hubs. Let's go to yeah. Austin and see what they're doing and see if we can bring back you know, a piece of, of what they have going. Let's go to Colorado. And I'm, I'm just, I think we're getting better now, but it took decades for those places to become right. these, these established, established yeah. tech hubs. And they got that way by supporting locally the founders and startups there and having that mentality to feed into the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and not try to, to control it. So. I think that we're better off now than we were, but I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that shift changes. He loved changes. our program. He loved what we were yeah. doing. He said, please continue to do it. He brought up um, others, uh, Steve Case and others that are trying to do the same and investing in entrepreneurs in the middle of the country. So he really um, yeah. he really embraced what we were trying to do. Yeah, because I, I, I saw that picture that you, you posted, and I was like, why I said the same thing. Why is he here? What is he doing? Yeah. And then I looked at what what they have and like the whole data center in Prior. I had yeah. to look at where Prior was first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> uh, I, I was just like, this is so cool that he's yeah. coming, you know, yeah. and that they're focusing on this part town or, you know, getting into the state as well. Because um, I remember I went to the um, uh, the Google event that was down at the what was it called? Down at the boathouse last year. That was, yeah, that was amazing yeah. too. Uh, yeah, that's right. They they did like a uh, for grow, businesses, right? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. wasn't grow with Google. We did grow was, with Google. It was Google here. something. I can't remember, yeah. but it yeah, was awesome. It was, cool. it was really cool because they had a bunch of different you know businesses in and mm-hmm. lots of talks and yeah, it was really fascinating. Yeah, um, but again, it's like Oklahoma. Why are you coming to Oklahoma? It's always kind of that like everybody thinks the same thing and they why are you coming here? Well, what do we have that you want basically? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it's really cool to see that you know 
people are wrapping around you guys and, and loving what you're doing and lifting you up and saying like you're doing the right thing just keep going yeah because that's essentially what you do to all these other businesses mm, yeah now keep in mind there's also the naysayers oh, that, that, that will question why we're doing what we're doing yeah. but uh, we try not to pay too much attention and just yeah. you know keep a lot of people forward. say that to me as well like, you're an accent you have an accent you're from wales why are you talking about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> i get that a lot uh, what you mentioned you're on a lot of you know boards and, and stuff like that outside of this what is like a what is like the stuff that gets you going what's like the passionate stuff that you guys do outside of stitch crew well i think we started stitch crew because a huge passion for us is to help uh, mm -hmm. traditionally overlooked entrepreneurs and what we mean by that is um, entrepreneurs of color um, female entrepreneurs and just uh, rural founders as mm -hmm. well <laughs> So, um, so I think that's always been a passion of ours. And, and that's, that's been represented pretty well in our batches so far. And, and we're not picking companies based on those, you know, criteria. It just, ha it's, it's just happened that way. Yeah. Um, and we're pretty we're proud intentional of yeah. about it, but yeah. right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those, those are things that are important to us. Um, you know, I, I think in a perfect world, we, there would be, as Erica mentioned earlier, uh, lots of maybe several accelerators going on and, and even accelerators that are very industry specific and founder specific that, you know, maybe an accelerator that was for female founders. And we don't have that yet, but I, I would, I mean, there's going to come a day when we have those opportunities, those resources here. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's one of the things that we're focusing on is, um, every entrepreneur has different barriers to entry mm -hmm. when they're starting a company. Um, most of them center around access to capital or access to resources and social networks. Uh, but when you um, happen to be a female founder or a minority founder, I think that the barriers um, um, are a little bit higher than peers. Yeah. So I think we often talk about um, those aspects uh, when it comes to venture capital, um, entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. and technology as a whole. Um, yeah. What else are we passionate about? Wine and food and traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, our, yeah. in our little bit of spare time, those, yeah. are, those are our top yeah. priorities. Yeah, we love traveling with our girls, so. Yeah. How are the girls doing? Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Growing Good. up fast? They're growing up really, really fast. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely our, that's our pride and yeah. joy. Yeah. Why we do what we do. Like, yeah. Everybody probably says that, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have kids, I have dogs, but I definitely do you everything do I dogs. do for my dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the last time we, we, we recorded, you mentioned that you know the girls kind of have their entrepreneurial tendencies now. And it's oh, like, yeah. for you not you know, to see that, it's amazing, but also going through like not treating them as a startup is like just letting them do their thing and kind of like making them fall and make their mistakes. And, you know, that's, that must it's be really hard. hard. <laughs> it is hard, especially when you're a type A like me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to... Mm -hmm to let go, but, um, maybe I don't as much. <laughs> I need to be even more, but yeah. Yeah. Leaving sly little hand notes. Yeah, random, exactly. Random, yeah. Exactly. Do this instead. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so cool. It is cool. I'm sure one day I'll have to deal with that. Maybe we'll see, see what my wife says. <laughs> uh, so for, uh, for everyone listening as an example of you know, let's just say I'm looking at the application now and if mm -hmm. someone's listening, wants to go through the application, see if we can do a live application with okay. me, right? So what would you say if I, you know, use the podcast, for example, this has potential mm -hmm. to make advertising revenue. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the only way it mm -hmm. would make money. How would, you know, coming to you guys, how would that work? What would you look at? What would you look for? 
you know. So I, I'd probably stop you right there and say, yeah. okay, you need to find other revenue sources. Mm -hmm. Advertising okay. is definitely one of them. Yeah. But let's let's identify another two. Major dice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's, there's partnerships. There. I mean, there's. We'd have to really. I mean, I'm probably getting ahead of ourselves now. But yeah. I, I would want you to really dig in and let's find ways to bring in more revenue. Because uh, if, you, if you're relying on one source, mm -hmm. um, you're gonna you're gonna really maybe struggle in that, in that regard. So. Okay. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Say, no, you mentioned that. So I was yeah. like, okay, we got to find more revenue. Right. Um, what else? What do you think? I think as I mentioned before, we really look at the founder mm -hmm. or founders, yeah. uh, their strength. What have you done before? Why are you passionate about the podcast? What gets you up at night, even the, or in the morning mm -hmm. out of bed, even when things are not going well? Cause we, we love to invest and work with founders that are determined to make it work, even though, you are going to have a lot of mentors or a lot of people like Chris that push you hard to say, well, what about this? What about this business model? It doesn't work. Or have you thought about this? You need to be so sure about what you're doing that you're not going to quit on it. Yeah. Um, so we just like to, so a lot of the questions that you will see in the applications have to do with, you know, what have you worked on in the past? Um, if it's, if, if this is your first startup, we're just trying to get a sense of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. um, what's your grit like? What have you done? What have you hacked in the yeah. past? We also like to work with people that solve problems in very different ways. Um, and then there's some of the easy, well, I think they're easier type, like, I mean, do you have any co-founders? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's important because, I mean, let's just, besides the fact that being an entrepreneur and starting a company is really hard. Yeah. Um, if you don't have other perspective and, and, and opinions and insights and somebody who can complement, you know, your skill set, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's difficult. It's hard to do it on your own. I mean, and Eric and I always say, you know, nobody builds companies alone. Yeah. And you really shouldn't try to. It's it, it, there's too much. So mm -hmm. um, we do ask that on there, and, and that doesn't mean you can't apply if you're if you're a solo founder. Um, but we would definitely have conversations about you know who what would be a good fit for you from a co-founder standpoint, mm -hmm. and we try to help identify those things. Yeah, we don't push that, but it, it's something that really would benefit a company. Right, and I guess being the honest part of you don't want to get a little bit further down the road and be like, oh, I have this person involved, I should have told you about it. <laughs> like, uh, uh, true, yeah, we, you know, because I think that that's kind of how I how I read that question. I think mm -hmm. that's important. Maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't affect your your ability to go through our accelerator, but. Uh -huh. Things like that definitely come into play if you're going to be raising capital down the line. Um, just being very transparent on yeah. okay, who who does have a piece who of this company, the company? Yeah, right? Who, you know, who yeah. has equity stakes in your company? Um, those those things are going to get flushed out one way or the other. Yeah. So if we don't yeah. know it now, investors are going to are going to find that out sooner or later. Yeah. So. yeah. What about the question? How long is your runway? So that just, <laughs> that just that like how long do you have? I was just like, yeah, uh, Gabby and I, we were talking to Gabby. She also yeah. is part of our team. And we were talking about how we're going to have to do this series on social media about the startup lingo <laughs> so that everybody kind of knows yeah. what we're talking about. So that's basically how much money do you have left okay. yeah, um, I mean, in the bank to, to be able to typically operate. These companies don't have a ton of overhead, uh -huh. uh, you know, monthly expenses, but, but they are spending they're either spending some money on, on their technology or, or their, you know, their services, or they need a certain amount of money to keep going. Yeah. I mean, they, they have six months worth of, of, of what we call runway, which is enough money to get me through the next six gotcha. months okay. of, of operations. And if I don't, if I don't either 
start to bring on customers, if I don't start to have sales, if I don't yeah. have some kind of investment, um, then I'm not gonna be able to continue to go. And I'm sure also to make sure that they're not coming to you as like a latch, last ditch effort to, hey, I have like, like said, six months and I need help. Because uh, for me, like I, maybe 50 bucks a month, maybe. Uh, some for equipment, some for gas, that's really it. And then the rest of it's just time. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, the podcast's equipment's Which, done. But time is probably one of the most valuable yeah. um, aspects. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily related to that question, but we always try to talk to founders about don't um, sweat equity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just as important. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I see what you're saying through that question as well, but um, we value time yeah. a lot. <laughs> the other question that threw me off a little bit was... Uh, what will your company need to accomplish to reach a hundred million in revenue? <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's a lot of t-shirts. I it, it, is, it is. You know, that uh, is, I think going back to what Chris said and I, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't changed that question a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we should, I, that goes back. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think we can now cause we've gotten a few applications yeah. for this cohort already. So it wouldn't be fair to change it middle of the time. But so to the, explain that question. So, if you are looking to be backed by venture capitalists or those type of financing methods, uh, most venture capitalists will want you to make, uh, they'll, they'll want to see that you have a, a viable way to make 10x return and, and potentially a thousand X return, right? To yeah. get you to that billion dollar valuation. Uh-huh. It's something that Chris and I, as you talk about, like what has changed from then, before we launched the accelerator, Chris and I were working primarily with venture capitalists that were looking for that unicorn, yeah. uh, which is the value, the billion dollar valuation yeah. type of companies. Um, I was actually reading just before you got here that in 2008, um, the average percentage was 3% of companies ever reached that unicorn status. Mm-hmm. And so something that has changed from the time we launched to now, um, as Chris mentioned before, is we're expanding the, the scope because it's not really fair. I mean, less than 1% of startups ever raise venture capital funding. Yeah. What about the 99%, right? Um, yeah. Less than 80 or 80% of startups never access traditional loans. So you're you're having 81% of startups that never access that capital financing to okay. be able to keep their companies alive. And so that question is specifically related to how an investor will look at your company. Yeah. And I think we need to change that moving forward. But it but but it's not a deal breaker either. Oh, I'm sure we you get some want, really creative answers to that right, too. Exactly. And yeah. what, really what, what that question does is um, one of the things that we tried to do through the 12 weeks that we work with the founders is to help them think big mm-hmm. um, because some people have great companies, but they're not thinking big enough, right. right? I think that was the case with some of the companies, even in this last cohort, they built something special that could be licensed or franchise yeah. or done in other communities. And how can you do that? And how can technology help you do that? Yeah. Um, so I think it's more geared towards that and it's geared towards getting you to think, okay, what, what could I do? Mm-hmm. What would it take to yeah. do it? Yeah. Yeah. For me, like the, like you know, the whole, like the best I guess at it, at this and like the whole one, I, I always look at Joe Rogan, like he pumps out so much content. You can watch the videos, then he cuts them to clips. Like that is what I would love to make mm-hmm. this into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, that answer was like, that's, that's a lot of money. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, but I, it, it was creative. I really, thinking. I, I really don't love that question. I'll, I'll be honest. And it's funny for you to say that cause it's on our application, yeah. but, and Erica makes great points and that those are all exactly right. But it, it kind of just, it lends itself to that. Well, it's, 
it's either VC or mm-hmm. bust then for me. For, yeah. for a company to be successful, it's, okay, I've got venture capital, and Eric just laid it out perfectly that very few, very, very few ever get that. So it, it's, I, it, it isn't a deal breaker for sure, and I don't know if we should maybe put an asterisk next to that question and say, hey, you know, it's not a deal breaker. Be creative. <laughs> but, but we yeah. have actually had people apply and answer that question by saying, well, I don't, I don't plan on doing that. I don't want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I want, I, my company would be, this is I want my company to, to generate yeah. revenue, and it's not that. Yeah. And that's okay for them yeah. to say that. Yeah. yeah. We also write a lot of blog, blog posts on how to answer mm-hmm. some of those questions. So if you go to the community page on our website, we um, actually uh, posted something, you know, how to make your first million dollars. And then we, you know, whether it's a product or a service, like it, it depends on your pricing structure. And But anyway, we, we kind of give snippets of, of how to yeah. <laughs> answer that question, I guess, yeah. for, for investors more mm-hmm. than anything. Chris comes more from the operational background, having managed and op- having owned and operated some of his own startups, and I come more from the investment world. So yeah. I'm always, whether I like it or not, looking at applications more from the investment perspective. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So if someone doesn't get in, how can how can they still like get value from you? Because I'm sure, like I said, you mentioned yeah. the blog. Um, is that like the way that you know the, now that you have a podcast too? Um, you can plug that right now if you want to. What yeah, is thank you. Yeah, so we've launched a, a podcast. We started highlighting uh, change makers overall in the community, but we're a- actually going to start our first series that focuses more on founders and their journey. Mm-hmm. So we will be asking some of these questions uh, about what it's like to found your own startup. And I think that what's different and unique about us is that most podcasts out there that do this focus on the companies once they achieve success. And we're going to start with companies that have even gone to our cohort. So yeah. it will be cool to just see what challenges they're experiencing, even at this early stage. Um, so we're doing that. The other one is the blog that we post Um on social media, if you follow us on social mm-hmm. media, we post a lot of content, and it's not all ours. If we see valuable information that can be beneficial for founders, we mm-hmm. always share it. We even share applications for other accelerators mm-hmm. and, and other uh, you know non-dilutative financing methods because we just want founders to be successful. Chris and I didn't start the accelerator to become rich. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> in, this, in this world. For those thinking about it, it's right. not yeah. a moneymaker. Yeah. Yeah, there's other ways uh, that we make money, but um, but no, but we we did it just because we genuinely, uh, you know, as Chris mentioned, he was a founder mm-hmm. himself. Um, my family, my entire family from Mexico were entrepreneurs, so we know how hard it is. We just wanted to help out. Um, I will say for the, for the people that don't make it um, to the cohort, um, I, I know that this sounds cliche perhaps, but reapplying is really important. In our last cohort, we had... Um, a person that applied to both of their our previous cohorts and didn't get in until the third cohort. But his persistence showed us that he will not quit on yeah. that company. So I think that has a lot to say. And then we're also, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it or not, but I'm going to. Uh, we're partnering with uh, Francis Tuttle. Um, and, um, and, and other partners to launch a pre-accelerator program to help companies that are more in the ideation stage yeah. um, to be able to get them to where they need to be so that they can apply to our accelerator or even other accelerators. Yeah. 
That'd yeah. be really cool. It's kind of like an undergrad. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love that idea um, because we have had applications that, man, if, if they just had a little bit more time yeah. or a little bit more polish, then they'd be a great fit for the accelerator. So this would be a great, great uh, avenue for them. The only thing I, I might add is, you know, and this is another kind of Oklahoma thing, I think, Eric and I are accessible. You, if, yeah. if you oh, didn't yeah. get in, there's a lot of ways to, to connect with us, and we're always happy to mm-hmm. to do that and, and to, to talk and you know guide as best we can. Um, you know. Yeah, if you're a female founder, we actually run a female founder support group. So mm-hmm. we and we share a lot of resources there. Uh, but like Chris said, I, I think that if you're a founder and you email us, you will get a response. Yeah. So we're always helping people, even if they don't make it as part of the accelerator. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, July 19th, deadline, mm-hmm. get it in ASAP, uh, <laughs> Please. stitchcrew.com. Mm-hmm. And then social media channels, is just search Stitch Crew and it'll come up. I think it's just at Stitch Crew, We had to it? add seven because there was like a <laughs> stitching, like a literally <laughs> stitching knitting account already. So I think it's Stitch Crew 7, okay. uh, what we were able to secure. But if you if you, if you you do a search, we come up. We're probably yeah. one of the most active Stitch Crews out there. So. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean... If you're in town, drop in and say hello. Yeah, if, absolutely. If oh my gosh, please. Yeah. We actually had somebody from Airbnb um, contact us because, you know, I guess we're making waves even yeah. outside of Oklahoma. So it's like, hey, would it be cool to come and like to make it an experience? And I'm like, oh, I don't know that we have time for that. <laughs> but yes, you can come by and visit us here and just say hi. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, Erica, thank you so much again for the time. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure, like I said, we're probably just going to do this once every year. That's fine. <laughs> yes, uh, we'd love to. You know, and, and like I said, wish you all the, not that you need it, but um, wish you all the future success and thank the podcast. You, you Because I'm excited to listen to that podcast because, like I said, listening to founders who are going through that struggle, you don't hear that every day, do you? It, like I said, it's, oh, we've made it. This is how we made it. Yeah. But they don't really tell you how they made it. They right. tell you, like, they don't tell you they haven't slept. Um, no, and all I, the rest and of it. Just so. real quick, I, I, we're really interested in that and, and, and telling that story. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do a lot better job about talking about the, the founder wellness. So we're, we're actually developing some, some curriculum centered around that. And that's something that we will do even outside of the accelerator. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will be part of the accelerator, but it's even it's workshops that we'll do outside of that because that's really important because it is, it's, it's a grind, it's a journey, um, and it's, it's not easy, but it's the most fulfilling thing that I think you can do. So uh, we're definitely here to support in that regard too. Yeah, mental mental health awareness is yeah. it's a big deal for us. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's hard. Well, guys, <laughs> if you're listening and you need help, reach out. Definitely here for anything and everything, not just tech, not just entrepreneurship. Um, reach out, say hello, grab coffee, bring coffee, bring wine, uh, <laughs> yes. anything else. <laughs> uh, no, but thanks for listening. Uh, guys, thanks for your time, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.
This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston. Mixed by Alan Brown with music by Chad Duro.